Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to have you with me. And, you know, to, we talk to a lot of business owners who say, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what I would do if I completely left my business. I've kind of, I kind of like the game I play every day. I like, I like the business. I just don't want to do so much of it. Um, and I also, you know, think that I could probably make more money if I stuck with the business just on a part-time basis over time rather than selling it to somebody and paying a bunch of taxes. So if that describes you or you've thought that way, then grab a pen and a pad of paper. Get ready to take some notes. I have Jim Muehlhausen, the founder of Half Retire, on the line with me. And we're going to talk about maximizing the value of your business via a strategy called Half Retirement. Jim, welcome. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for joining me again. Great to be back, Bill. Jim, I, you know, this is a very different climate business-wise that we're seeing, but one thing hasn't changed. Uh, business owners um, are about uh, a year older than the last time we talked on the phone. Maybe, maybe it's been six months. People are aging at this, all at the same rate, and a lot of people are now finding themselves going, man, business was just e- pretty easy, but now it's pretty hard again. I really need to think about how to how to get out of some or some or all of this business and for a lot of them the solution is well you don't need to sell your business you can just half retire so you started this group called half retire tell us a little bit about it and what it's all about and then we'll get into some questions well, I started it because I started to see a couple of trends. Trend number one was what you were mentioning before, and that is I don't know what I would do if my uh, activity was playing golf every day or lying in a hammock for six hours a day. Uh, that's just not the personality of a business owner. Uh, they have a lot of their social connections via work, whether it be customers or vendors or employees that are not only employees, they're, they're friends, they've worked there a long time, and they're afraid that they'll lose the social connection, the status of being a business owner. You know, you're just a retired person. If you used to own a business, if you own a business, you're still a CEO and you still have the perks that go with it, whether it be a, you know, a car or tickets or all the goodies that we tend to include ourselves with. So I think that there's a reluctance of baby boomers to do what our parents did and fully retire. Uh, and then secondly, I saw people that had a business that was not unsellable, but it was unsellable to get them to their magic number. Right. Yeah, right. I need to sell this for $2.5 million, according to my financial planner. And I went to the business broker, and they told me it was worth 700000 Yeah, that's, that's a shock that happens to a lot of business owners, because they, they t- tend to overvalue the business in their heads, right? 
Well, and we tend to focus on what we need because we're goal-oriented as business owners, which is a great thing. But it's worth it's worth what it's worth. And so then you have that value gap. And I'm sure you've talked about more than, than you care to talk about. But it's real. And you go, how do you bridge that? And that's where half retirement comes in. That what's, what's the old saying? People don't sell businesses for money. They sell them because they're frustrated. And you get to a point where you're like, I just don't want to do this daily grind anymore. Uh, and, and so the solution, of course, is to make the merry-go-round stop by selling it. But what if you could not have that daily grind and keep that income, keep your social connections, all of that? And that's what half retire is all about for people that either need it financially or need it for non-financial reasons. It's there as an option for them. So basically, these are for the owners that, like you said, are saying, you know, I don't know what I'd do with, with all of my time back because um, I've always been working. I've always been, again, uh, in the game. But if I, could, if I could get rid of some of the minutia that I deal with uh, and just uh, focus on certain areas that I really like, maybe the reasons why I started the business in the first place, then I think I'd have a happier life and I'd probably come out way ahead financially, I would imagine. I mean, someday, we, we always say someday the business owner's got to exit at some point, whether you know they pass away, get sick, those things can happen, or they kind of get too old to be relevant to the business. But there must be millions and millions of businesses uh, at, the, at the lower end of the scale, maybe under $10 million in revenues, that are, are perfect candidates for this. Um, what, what's an indicator that somebody's should be thinking about uh, working on their half-retire strategy? Well, I think some of it is age, right? Unfortunately, we're all a year older than we were last year, and whether the economy has uh, adversely affected your business, uh, you're still going to be a year older in a year, and you're still going to have a little bit less energy. Uh, you know, I, I debated with the publisher of the half-retire book, which comes out here on the 14th, about putting in the running times by age, but they told me not to do it. But you know, so they have the top mile times by age. Well, guess what? The top mile times for a 60-year-old are faster than those of a 65-year-old. Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. And we're all stuck with that dynamic that uh, every year we we get a little bit more tired, a little bit less energy, and frankly, a little bit less willing to put up with the BS. You know, when I was 40, I'll put up with some of that. But today, I'm, kind of, I'm just not going to put up with that. And that's what gets us to that selling the business because we're frustrated. But this sounds like just a good a good management strategy anyways. Even if you're younger, you could maybe uh, start another business if you wanted to, if you had the energy to, right? You, if you could get your business in shape to where you only had to work on it part-time, then that frees up your time to do whatever it is that you want to do. But especially we have that baby boomer dynamic that's the, the median age is around 65 now. So what are some of the ingredients they need to have in place so that this can be a successful strategy? Well, I think that they need to have a desire to get off the grind or to, to cut back, right? You have to have, a, you have to have, this is, there's a six step process to half retire. And we're talking about the first one, which is the magnet. You have to have a reason that you want to half retire. And that could be to increase the value of the business so that when you do go to sell it, the broker doesn't tell you a number you don't like, because it will make your business more valuable getting it to work without you. Put yourself in the buyer's shoes, right? Business A, the owner says, well, boy, if I stop showing up here, things just may collapse. And the second one says, yeah, I haven't walked in the door for two years. Which one do you want to buy? The second one. 
because it's not dependent sure. upon someone that's not going to be around anymore. So if you've got the magnet, it could be anything from I need to bridge the financial gap to get to retirement. I want to get off the daily grind. I want to make my business more valuable. I just got off the phone with a 40-year-old in your neck of the woods that wants to surf more. He's got a nice mm-hmm. business. Makes really good money. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't want to work as much. Sure, sure, sure. That that sounds like a lot of people I know. Now, uh, when when we talk about the desire, of course, uh, that's one ingredient. How about um, your who's going to do all the work? Don't you have to have like a a well trained and well retained key person or or key group of people? What what do you need to have as far as personnel for this to work? I think that that's the conventional wisdom, and I think that that can work. Uh, I always joke that everybody wants what I lovingly call the mini-me plan, and I also say that the mini-me plan only worked for Austin Powers. <laughs> you know, there There is no mini-you, okay? You are special. This is not me stroking your ego. No one can do what you can do at your business, and thinking that someone can is ridiculous. They can do some of it, but they're not going to be many you. It's not going to work. So we have an alternative way that we do it. You, you can do the mini-me plan, but usually the mini-me plan fails for a very simple reason that isn't even what I said. It's financial. Think about what I have to pay someone that's of your caliber or close to it. Let's call it right. $250,000, right. $300,000. Well, that comes right out of your pocket. So do you want to cut your income three hundred grand? Usually the answer is, I can't do that. Right, right. Not for a small business. That's that's a huge amount of money, and so you have uh, you've developed something called it's called the Picasso plan, right? Or the Picasso. Uh, tell me about that. Oh, your Picasso I, work. Heard. Yeah. So so what we want to do. So I do not believe that you get to half retire via delegation, which was kind of the the, the traditional road. Everybody says, oh yeah, I need to delegate, and I say that's ridiculous. Because all of us know what delegation is. All of us know how to delegate. And if it was as simple as delegation, why haven't you already done that? Right. And it's because it's impossible. And it's impossible because of your Picasso work. And your Picasso work is that special stuff that only you can do. But it's only a fraction of what you do. And what happens over time is you have this Picasso work that's incredibly valuable. It's undelegable. That's another thing about half-retire, right? I'm not going to tell you never to go back to the business. I still need you there to do your Picasso work. You just don't need to be there 50 hours a week anymore. But other work attaches itself to that Picasso work, and it becomes this tangled-up hairball of stress and work that we all have. And if we want to get you half-retired, we have to untangle that hairball. You can't just delegate the hairball. Makes sense. Makes sense. You need to... You need to uh, have most of your work done, but you need to retain those certain, uh, like you said, the Picasso work. Picasso didn't set up the easel and and go. You know, he painted uh, and he painted. He uses creativity. Another uh, analogy might be Liberace playing the piano. You think he moved the piano onto the stage? He didn't even need to compose the song that he played. In some situations, some he may have. But his gift was performing, not necessarily writers. There's some really great songwriters that none of us have ever heard of that have written some masterpieces, but the performer always gets the credit. Good point. Really good point. So uh, for, for an owner to um, work on their Picasso, what are some of the, the preliminary steps? What are some of the first things that they need to do to move towards uh, 
this strategy of half retirement? Well, the first thing I do is figure out what it is. My experience is what I think my Picasso work is, is half right. Uh, usually people will bundle it with other things, and it, it's actually less than what they think it is because they've had a little mini hairball there. Uh, sometimes they think that, oh, that's not that big a deal, and it is. It usually takes someone else, like tying a tie with a mirror is much easier than not. Um, if, if you have another party helping you follow the steps to get to your Picasso work, then that is helpful. And usually you know, you've got to sit down and really think about what you do, maybe even keep a time log. We have a time log in the book. Uh, that will help you kind of get down to, okay, what is it that I spend my time doing? Because you don't know what you're spending your time doing either. I know you're going, oh, yes, I do. No, you don't. Keep a time log. It's, it's not exactly what you think. It's usually 70% of what you think. Okay, so really examining what it is that you need to be doing is, is a big area. Now, what do you think uh, uh, with the COVID situation coming into play? Um, do you think a lot more people will be um, maybe moving towards a strategy like this as opposed – I mean, obviously, people are concerned that I talk to anyways about, well, what's my valuation going to look like at the end of next year if I get my business valued based on based on a COVID year? Uh, so does that, does that put uh, half-retire more in the spotlight as far as a strategy for, for people in the future, do you think? Well, that's probably a better question for guys like you than guys like me, but I, I think that the, you've, got a, you've got two risks. Risk number one is we're going to take lousy earnings or worse earnings into account as part of the valuation, but at least you can explain those away. If you try to sell it today, you've got all this uncertainty risk, and in my opinion, that uncertainty risk is worse because if you go find our earnings were half, I at least know that they weren't negative half. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of uncertainty as far as, you know, at first, uh, and I listened to a lot of economists uh, on the topic, and they at first it was like, well, this is going to go away by the summer. No problem. Now we're looking at, you know, who knows what is happening. We're seeing a resurge. There's going to be some, some changes in that. And, of course, buyers are looking for buying at a bargain price from tired owners right now. So it's probably not the best time. You probably could find a buyer probably not the best time to sell with all, like you said, with this uncertainty out there and, uh, and, and concern for what might happen in the next several months. Um, so for, for owners that are thinking, you know, well, maybe I should just be getting my business in shape. Isn't it, isn't it the same work uh, to get to half retire that it, it is to uh, get to an exit strategy, which is to make yourself less and less relevant to the day-to-day -day operations of a business? Yeah, there's a big uh, there's a big overlap there. That's a that's a portion of the program. You know, there's some mindset work that you have to get into, uh, as well. But yeah, you're going to end up if you if you do the work for half retire, it's it's a lot of the same objectives achieved a different way, as someone would say, tune up this business so that it uh, you know is better and easier to sell because it's not as dependent upon you. Right. So if if someone's doing that work, the the difference is they're they're not um, they're not kind of deluding themselves into thinking they're going to uh, do all this work and then um, and then sell the business for a big number. In with half retire, they're taking a maybe a more longer realistic look at 
what they're going to be doing over the next several years. How important is, is, techn is technology and standard operating procedures and all that kind of stuff for a business owner uh, when they're considering how to kind of replace the 80 to 90 percent of what they do? So I, I like technology personally, so I have a bias, but I, I certainly understand that you know some of our our members and clients do not have the love of technology that I do. But here here's my pitch for technology. Technology is a standard operating procedure by definition. I mean, if you use an accounting system, it has a whole set of rules built into it. You don't now you don't need to create an SOP because you have software many times. So uh, I'm lazy. I prefer to just buy the software and get the operating system rather than having to uh, rather than having to create it. But uh, that's another thing that buyers like, right? If you're going to sell your business and you you hand over whether it be your knowledge base or your your manual or I'm a big video guy, most of our SOPs are videos and then we just house them you know, in a, in a searchable warehouse for our employees because it's just easier to create that. But if I can go, hey, here's how you run our business and here's the container that we use so people can access it and free text search it, that gives someone a level of comfort which removes risk and raises the price. Excellent. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, we, we talk about SOPs a lot, but like you said, sometimes the operating system is the SOP, uh, the program that you use, making sure that people know how to operate the program so that your business is a series of systems that are operated uh, and uh, uh, workflows are created in, in things like uh, client relationship management packages and software so that uh, people can become familiar with clients. What about the area of sales? Isn't that really hard to, uh, to, uh, you know, to, to not do if, if that's part of what you do for the company? I mean, or could that be your Picasso work? Now let's, let's take our 40-year-old surfer. Uh, that, that's his Picasso work is kind of landing the whales. But if we break it down, right, think of it like untangling that hairball. You know, there's a little, uh, you know, golf ball in the inside of that hairball that is his Picasso work. We just got to find a way to get to it. You can't, you can't just uh, dive right in. But part of the work that he is doing uh, to land those whales is Picasso work. But there's lots of work that he's doing that isn't. And that's where we either, I'm a big fan of designing it away, um, I've been absolutely amazed at how much work we can just decide not to do or repurpose. It doesn't even need to be delegated because usually clients constrain us. They go, hey, Jim, what I really want to do is make the exact same amount of money I'm making today, but I want to do 75% uh, less work. Right. right. Well, if, if I delegate it, I have to pay. I have to pay to delegate it. It's not free. Everybody forgets that sometimes. You know, the only okay. way it's free is if they already work there and they're underutilized. Now it's free. But your good people are never underutilized, and they're usually the ones you need to delegate to. So we're back to square one. So I'm a big fan of, you know, redesigning workflows, deciding if we need to do it at all, cutting frequency. We have a little acronym for this. We call it fever. Uh, and so we go through the fever process, but I've seen people just go through fever and get rid of half their work. Well, that's pretty huge. That that would be a nice outcome for for a lot of our listeners is to uh, to carve out that work and then and then if they if they want to work on their business that gives them more time to to work on that gives the gift of time 
to increase the amount of time they can work on their business to get to this situation. Uh, what, now let's talk about, okay, uh, you can half-retire. Everybody can half-retire uh, to some extent for some period of time. What about the backup plan? What if you get sick? What if you pass away? What, what kind of a succession plan do you have to have in place for half-retire? Well, it's going to be it's going to be a lot less painful if you've half retired, but these are definitely two discrete things. You know, and and we we refer to experts like you for that type of thing or or attorneys or people that handle that, you know, we're not a group of attorneys and we're not succession planners. Uh what we are are people that, you know, help people half retire, but certainly if you know, if you take two business owners that own uh, you know, electrical contractors here in Indianapolis where I am and one of them was half retired and the other was running around with his hair on fire all day, uh, if they both got hit by the same truck, the half-retired one is going to be in a much better position to either transition that business to someone. Um, a lot of times we have uh, clients that do a plan that we call hire the buyer uh, that will actually hire the person that is, is planning to buy the business from us down the road. We use a formula to buy the business. That's about the closest we come to succession planning. Um, and it's a certain kind of business that wants to do that. Usually people want a cash exit. Right, right. Excellent. So, uh, with with all of that, what's a good way for someone to start learning about um, this uh, notion of half retirement? Uh, uh, what's the website they should go to? How should they find out about this so they can uh, really dig into it and figure it out if they want to get started? Yeah, absolutely. So they can go to halfretire.com. There's a downloadable half-retire blueprint that you can get for free uh, on that. Uh, there's a couple of webinars that you can attend as well. And, of course, the, the book comes out here in a week and change, uh, and there's plenty of good information in that book. It's available anywhere you can buy a book, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, et cetera. So uh, as they go to the website, it's, it's half, is it half-retire.com, is it not? Uh, no, it's just half retire. Oh, my, my bad. Okay, so just sorry about that, listeners. So it's just half retire one word dot com. They'll find a link to the book there. I take it. Yep, should be in the sidebar. Okay. Obviously, with it coming out in a week, we're uh, making sure everybody sees it. And if you just go to Amazon and type half retire, or frankly, if you just go to Google and type half retire book, it'll be the first thing that pops up. Okay, so listeners, you're exploring strategies. This is definitely one that you should take a look at. I've taken a look at it. It makes a lot of sense. There's a there's a process to this. Um, it's uh, as Jim says, it's not just the standard advice of delegate. It, there's a lot to it to to understand what half retire is. Go to halfretire.com. Jim, thanks so much for joining me once again today. It's always a pleasure to have you on, and I hope uh, you'll come back again and we can uh, pick it up from where we left off today. You bet. Always good talking, Bill. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 